Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business of Music podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know about owning and growing a music business. My name is Elliot Towsley, and my business partner, James Landry, and I are your hosts. Shoot us an email to contact at denovoagency.com so we can answer your questions on our next podcast. And to learn even more, subscribe to our YouTube channel and sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Business of Music podcast. We're always talking about an artist and giving Spotify direction. Do you want to touch on what we mean when we say give Spotify direction in terms of... Hang on, hang on, hang on. So you're like, hang on, I got some, something. I, I I got something. And then it's, hey, Elliot, talk about Well, this. no, I, I have like an actual purpose. <laughs> no, I know. It was just funny setting it up that way. All right, yeah, okay. No, see, I have a purpose instead of just talking about Spotify in my okay, example. Yeah. All right. So yeah. That, me... That's, <laughs> that's a good, good, that's a good topic. All right. Yeah. We do often talk about giving Spotify direction. So what does that mean? So spot, let's, let's start with keeping in mind what Spotify is trying to do, what their business model is for their customers. We'll touch on that real briefly so we can say why you need to give it direction. Spotify doesn't necessarily care about you as an artist. They are more into and very much more concerned about the interests of their paying customers. And their paying customers are listeners. So Spotify's algorithm does not listen to your music and say, oh, this sounds just like insert artist name here. Let's show it to a bunch of that artist's fans. What they do is they analyze the data of who is listening. And if they can start to figure out that the people who listen and save this song also seem to like this song or this artist. So what we mean by giving Spotify direction is if you're very lightly marketing a handful of songs a little bit, five songs a little bit here and there, Spotify doesn't really know which song is the favorite song of yours. Every artist at the beginning has like a go-to song. Lizzo got famous with one song. She didn't get famous with eight songs at once. And, or very lightly, and then all of a sudden, all of them got, artists who really make it big, like quickly, typically have a hit. They have a lead song that becomes a hit. It wasn't a hit at day one, but they're like, you know what? This one is hitting bigger, differently than the other ones we have. This is the lead song that we're going to send our one song to a radio station. We're going to send our one lead song to a venue. We're going to send our one lead song to everything. So initially, you need to do some testing to figure out what that lead song is. So at the beginning, it is effective to say, hey, I got three or four songs in mind that I think could be my lead song, but I'm not sure. So let's rely on an audience to figure out Hey, song number three is the one that seems to be resonating more than these other ones. This is our lead song. So what Spotify wants to do... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Let's take that one step further. Now, if you're releasing an EP, we say you need to tell tell Spotify what your lead song is going to be. Um, So, for example, because if you don't, we always say, like, if you don't do anything, Spotify won't do anything. So if you put an EP of six songs and they don't know what one to promote, they likely won't promote any. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always saying that, like consistently saying that. And people maybe believe us, maybe they don't. Either way, I have an actual example today of how this happened. Today is Friday. It's really straight our day. Um, so I would say I'm a pretty big fan of someone like DaBaby. I save a bunch of his songs. I, I mean, we work with his engineer all the time. I like his music. I listen to him a lot. And so today's Friday, release radar. The baby dropped an EP last night. Let me go through my release radar. My top six songs are in release radar. Sticks Up featuring Future, or Problem Child 5, whoever that is. Salute featuring Big Sean. So it showed up in mine because I like Big Sean. Hot Boy Bling, French Montana. I don't care. Um, Monster by Sean Mendez and Justin Bieber. Ooh. Don't listen to either of them. Almighty Black Dollar, all right? There's my first top five songs. Here's the camera, so I'm not making this up. Maybe. There we go. Look at that. So 
The baby dropped an EP. He's not nowhere on these top 30 songs on my Spotify release radar today. Because all of those songs have been released at the same time with no marketing difference, no lead. He didn't release a single and then give Spotify some idea of, hey, this is where you focus. Spotify did nothing with the baby on release radar. It's not just independent artists. It's everyone needs to do this. The baby's done great with how he's done this in the past. This EP almost feels like he didn't want to do that. Or there's a reason behind it. Maybe it's just he didn't view any of these as hit songs. But the baby released an EP last night, and it's not on my release radar. That's a big, not a flag, but it shows you that it doesn't matter how big your name is. If Spotify doesn't know who to put, a, like what song to use and who to put it in front of, they just won't do any. And I thought when I saw Release Radar this morning, I thought it was a great example of everything we've ever said about you're an independent artist. Your platform is so much smaller. I'm sure the baby on Release Radar somewhere. But yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, he is somewhere. But to not get any of those songs on someone like mine, who I know I, I probably the last, Four of the last 10 songs I've saved are his songs. So Spotify knows, like, I'm a fan of him. But they couldn't figure out what song to give me. I had to go and look for DaBaby's album. So if he didn't actually market it and, like, talk about it, I wouldn't even know it came out. And that's DaBaby. Right. Well, I think it'd be inter- I'm interested to see what happens next week. Like, if they put out this, if he puts out the EP and Spotify says, okay, we're only going to put this in front of his diehard fans. And then they kind of say, Hey, after a week, this, uh, you know, song number three is the one that the diehard fans seem to like, okay, this is the one that we're going to start showing casual listeners. But like, that is a great point. Cause even then like the baby, now he's a week behind. And of course, record sales and all these things at that level, it's all who has the best album of the week, you know? So if it's a week behind, it's relatively a lot at that level. Um, and I'm interested. So you said all of these songs were new, like none of them, yep. there wasn't like a single. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. So, and then um, the other part of it is I went and listened to them all like today, later on, because I knew it came out. Anyone else who did that won't see it on release radar. So yeah, now it is okay. Maybe he'll get some new listeners or casual listeners who have heard of him on like rap caviar or the top 40 type list. But he, yeah, he's a week behind on this EP of getting traction. And now his only traction is really going to be playlisting that the label paid for or put on because the labels use playlisting too. And they're going to pick a song and do it and like push it. But now like a lot of our artists go, oh, Release Radar didn't do anything. So now we're playing catch up. He's playing catch up. Our artists, most of the time, it doesn't matter because you're not that known. You're not that big of a name. You're not the baby. It's amazing to me that the baby got pushed out of my release radar and Justin Bieber got on there. And he somehow still didn't. Even Spotify didn't even guess. They didn't even take, pick one and go, okay, this one maybe. Just <laughs> They would rather do nothing than guess. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, they know you're a fan of the baby. So they're kind of, I guess, letting the market determine the, the lead song of this project if there is one. And then that's going to be the one that perhaps next week or on Discover Weekly, they're going to start showing, you know, the casual listeners, the people who they think will like DaBaby or the people who listened to DaBaby a few months ago. Um, But that is a good example of how Release Radar works. They do not guess. Um, This kind of slightly goes hand in hand with um, how the algorithm determines who your fans also like in that section on your Spotify page and profile. Um, they're not going to guess and they don't listen to your music and say, this guy sounds like the baby. Let's put the baby here as a fan also like section or whatever. Um, that, that does go to, so the release radar, the fans also like your artist radio station discover weekly daily mix playlists, those are all controlled and organized by many algorithms on Spotify. And that's also one thing. There isn't just one algorithm. There are many, many, many going on under one mothership that is an algorithm. But um, 
that does go to show that they don't guess. They would rather show nothing than guess. And why? Because it goes back to Spotify is concerned about the listeners, not you as an artist. They don't want to lead an artist, or I'm sorry, a listener astray. Someone's on your page and they say, we think this guy sounds like baby, but you don't. Like, they don't want that listener to be like, this, what do you mean? Like, this led me astray. I didn't want to end up here. I don't like this kind of music. That's not what Spotify wants. So instead of kind of saying, we think this is who your fans also like, or we think these are the kind of people that might like your song on their release radar. They don't just guess and test the market to like help you out. You kind of have to do something. You have to create that data. The listens and listeners, you have to create the data somehow. That's either with playlisting, you know, you run ads, you have fans, you have a good video that just organically grew and people check, checked out your music. One way or another, you have to get people to check out this music to create that data. So Spotify can say, wow, 80% of his fans like baby." Now we know for certain that his fans also like baby, And now we know for certain that it's, you know, X likely that if we spread this guy's music to fans of baby on Discover Weekly, they're 80% likely to like it. And before they had no idea. So now maybe, maybe they guess slightly, but it's a very estimated calculation of a guess because of course they don't bat a thousand, but they don't just say, let's figure it out. They need to like be led. They need that direction so that you create this direction with your momentum and your marketing or your fans or your fans will create this momentum for you is ideal. But if you don't have a bunch of fans and you're trying to find fans, first you need listeners, number one. Um, Fans aren't just lurking in the shadows waiting to be discovered. They are listeners that are created and crafted into fans over time. Um, But you need to have, as a musician, you need to have some sort of way to create this data. And and like this, like going back to what James said, if you want to trigger the algorithm, if you want release radar to start being that engine for you, you it's, I often compare it to that snowball. If you want to build the big snowball down the hill and roll it so that it rolls on its own and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you first need to make the big thing and get it going. Um, it snowing isn't just enough. So if you can kind of take all the data that you have and kind of create a lead, Hey, this song seems to be the one that is resonating the most. It's getting the most saves. Who is it resonating the most with? Oh, well, based on my data here on Spotify for artists, it looks like I always say the same example guys in their twenties on the West coast who listen to the baby seem to be my sweet spot right now. So now instead of targeting the whole country, anyone who listens to hip hop, I should target guys in the West Coast in their 20s who like the baby because based on this data, that's where my listeners are, or that's who my listeners kind of look like. And if you can create that lead, this song here is the one that resonates the most. These are the type of people who resonate the most with my music. Okay, I'm going to put two and two together. What you want to do is hope to get five out of it. And then you get Spotify to see, okay, wow, this song resonates the most with listeners that look like this, and a lot of people are saving it. There's a value add here for our listeners. Let's spread it to them. And that's how it, that's the snowball. And at first, they'll might put your song on front of, uh, in front of, I don't know, 200 people on Discover Weekly. Maybe you get 50 streams. Sweet. Maybe the next week they do, 400 and you get 80 streams because it's a little bit more targeted and it kind of just grows and grows if there's value and if the listeners like it. Yeah. I mean, I would guess that if the baby didn't release an EP, if it was just a song, it would have shown up. Um, there's less guests, there's less data that Spotify would need to collect to be sure which one they should be promoting. Um, because like Big Sean's featured on a song and that showed up in mine. Because it's only one song and it's featuring Big Sean, and they know I like Big Sean. Um, 
<clears throat> but ultimately, what I think the whole thing shows is Spotify is the same for everyone. Editorial playlists are different. He's on a label. A label will pay to get him on those editorial playlists. They'll get traction that way. But they can't pay for the algorithm to put him on everything. That's not how the algorithm works. It is based off of the data, like you're saying. It's all based off of, hey, James listened to Big Sean 30 times last week. He's got a new song coming out, put it in front of him. But he has a new EP coming out. James didn't listen enough that it's a risk which one we put in. So give him this one instead of all of them. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting this morning. That is a great example of, because we've talked about DaBaby before on this and we listen to his music. He's huge, of course. I am pretty surprised to see that they didn't even, like they didn't put it on your release radar because like they know in particular that you like his music. I'm interested to see what next week's release radar looks like and like what this coming Discover Weekly for you looks like. We can kind of watch that. And maybe now, of course, you've already listened to the songs. So that is impacting how they choose um, for you in particular, because that's how everyone's release radar works. Um, it's totally unique based on everyone's listening habits. Now, in an A-B scenario, I wish we could, if you had a second account with the same exact data and one you didn't listen to baby's new EP, if it would put it on that account's release radar. We can hire someone to <laughs> listen, listen to all of this music. To listen to sort of list. <laughs> listen to this playlist on a loop. You Don't have until Friday. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're not busy during Thanksgiving. You're going to be listening to the baby. <laughs> or actually, not the baby. Everybody but the no, baby. Everyone but the baby. <laughs> we listen to the daddy. Uh. Uh, oh, actually, okay. Uh, I got something. I've been, I saw in the email, we had a couple questions that we keep getting this week in particular about people looking to market. Hey, I got a whole album or I got a whole mixtape. Do you have a service or do you have a recommendation of who I can go to to recommend my entire mixtape? I'm like, no. Like, if you had a hundred grand, maybe. Like, effect, the thing is, is this kind of goes, this actually ties into everything we're saying right now. Even if you did the single strategy of going into an album with 20 songs on it or a mixtape with 15 songs on it, even if you released three or four leading up to it, you don't just want to be like, yeah, let's put every song into the same playlists or like, let's promote every single song a little bit. You don't want to do that. Nobody does that. Lil Wayne doesn't do that. Eminem doesn't do it. Jay-Z doesn't do it. Drake doesn't do it. Nobody promotes an or when they promote an album, they're talking about the album. They don't actively put every single song in, in ads. They're looking for the lead, just like a, uh, whatever. What, okay, you're a clothing store. On your ad, do you try to put every piece of apparel that you sell? Do you, are you trying to promote that? Or are you trying to say, hey, look at these. We got these new cool things. Come down to the store and see what else we got. So I think... Part of this, if you think about it, people think you promote an album because back in the day you did. You promoted a new album coming out because you couldn't stream just a song. So you had to promote the whole album. Be like, check out the album. You'll like something on it. Nowadays, it's a lot like labels. One song can carry an artist. One song can carry an album. One artist can carry a whole label. You can have one artist carry 100 people. If they make enough money, they'll pay for everyone else. And that's kind of what you have to do with your music now. There will be one song that can carry your album. And if it's good enough, a second and a third song will come from it. It won't be as successful as at first, but it will push it. It'll keep it going and kind of move it down. If you try to promote the whole thing, you'll never find that one song. If you're not telling Spotify, this is the song. And that's what we've been talking about. This is the song. Give it direction. Give Spotify direction. Give your audience direction. Because even me now, for example, with the baby's EP, I started from song number one and I figured I'd, Tried to listen to the whole thing. I stopped, I think, like three songs in because I got busy. Yeah. There's no direction. I didn't know where to start. I don't know what songs are going to carry that yet. I have to listen to them all to find out. Most people don't want to do that. People are passive listeners. We say it all the time. People want to be told what to listen to. If I 
was like the majority of Americans and I knew the baby's album came out, but Spotify didn't tell me what one to listen to. I just wouldn't listen to any or Eminem's last album. I listened to the whole thing, but everyone, Spotify and everyone else told everyone to listen to the one Godzilla with Juice World. That right. is the song carrying that album. He didn't promote the whole thing. He promoted that one song and let the album do the rest. Let the people trickle down, do the rest. Trickle down economics may not work, but <laughs> trickle down when it comes to music it does <laughs> because if they like you, they will listen to more. Um, but if they just are listening to you because you, they've been told to listen to you, they're going to wait until that next one comes up. And that's fine. It's just different listeners take music different ways. Yep. And most people, and the thing is, is I think it's, I think it's easier for you and I to see that most people are casual listeners because we're a little bit older and we're 28. We're not old, but I think the thing is when I remember when I was 20, 22, and I was like younger and I was, I, I was like very in the know of like what artists were coming, you know, what music was coming and like all this kind of stuff. And like, so like it's, it can be confusing. Like if you're a younger person and you're like more in the know, you're, I think you're on the inside looking in when most people are on the outside, not really the music finds them. Most people find the artists and like the artists that they come across. Most people didn't go in and find the baby on their own. They heard a song on the radio. Or they saw it on YouTube. They, whatever. It was being talked about. It found them. Most people are not digging through Spotify to find the, the hidden gems. There, of course, are some people that like to do that. But most people listen to the music that hits their release radar or Discover Weekly. And then th maybe they say, they say, I like this song. Okay, let me make a, I'm going to say, play more songs like this. They're kind of everything. They're every, almost every way they listen to music, there is a pre-created path for them. They're not going in and saying, okay, yes, that was a nice hidden gem. Let me find the next one. Skim, skim, skim. Here, I've never seen this guy. Let's try most people, the music finds them. And back, say, in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, before the internet was super big or a thing at all, the way that the mainstream, most people, the, the way that music found them was the radio. So think of like, if you think of all the, the, the radio is one big system, it was essentially an algorithm before they were algorithms. There was a system that if you just made it onto that assembly line, if you were a band that got your product on that assembly line that went around to everybody and all the casual listeners now all of a sudden saw your product, that's the name of the game. Just becoming available on that big conveyor belt. and. If the algorithm on Spotify, the algorithm on Apple Music, think of it the same as like the radio in the 90s. If you make it onto the radio, casual listeners will find you. I think I haven't thought about it. I mean, I, we say this all the time, but I hadn't thought about it this way in terms of if someone like Nickelback never made it on the radio, would they have been who they are now? Yeah. No, no, they just would have, you would have had fans. They would have been a band that was decent with a small fan base, probably making money, wherever the heck they are, Canada. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> that's all they would have been. And that's what all independent artists are fighting now. If you're not on a major label and you also don't have Spotify or Apple Music doing the work for you, you're just going to be known by who listens to you and who just comes across to you. You're never going to be big enough to be on the radio without paying for it. You're never going to be big enough to be on the top 40 playlist on Spotify because it's going to cost you advertising money to get all of your streams that aren't from your fan base. And yeah, it's weird to think that without the radio, 
who would actually be a big artist. There wouldn't, I don't think there'd be anyone. It'd be pockets because you'd be a fan of people in your right. area. And that's kind Word of what mouth. Spotify would be too. Like the baby would be cool in Charlotte. Like he, but he wouldn't be what he is now, for example, or I can't even name other cities that people are from uh, <laughs> future. He would still be big in Atlanta, but he wouldn't be what he is now with Drake and Drake would be great in Canada. But again, it, without the radio, without Spotify and Apple Music and these systems um, giving the attention to these artists nationally, they would never become national names. That's just not how music works. Music is very much homegrown talent that slowly grows because of systems in place allowing it to grow. Yep. And it almost has nothing to do with your talent it, nowadays. Oh, yeah. No, it's no. I mean, Almost. it's marketing. It's, <laughs> are you a brand? Have you made a name for yourself that people want to be connected to it? I guess. I, <laughs> I mean. Or just like, I mean, your, like, what is Logic's brand? You know, like the thing, like he is a, like, he has a name. He is a brand, but like, could you like identify it in like three words? I don't know, but you kind of know logic. Like you know him. If I said, what was MGK's brand? You'd be like, I don't know if I can sum it up in three words, but I can like, I, I know him and I know what I kind of, you, do you know what I'm trying to say? And so like, there's clear examples like Wiz Khalifa, what's his brand? Oh yeah. Weed, laughing, good time, drinking Bombay. Like, okay, cool. But like, that's kind of the music he makes. His music created the brand and then he like, it, it goes hand in hand. Like, yeah, I, I think I was leaning more towards, it's not as much talent as it is being able to market your product. Something. Market marketing. When you market, you're making a brand. You're marketing something. If you're marketing, even your cover artwork becomes your brand. If it's always dark, you're going to be thought of as like dark and cloudy, sad rapper, whatever. Mm -hmm. I guess if the right system is in place, it doesn't matter what that is either. If you're just bankrolled and you're Jack Harlow and just put on the radio one day, you can make it big because you're on the radio. And it's not just being on the radio like locally because a lot of artists will be like, I got on the radio in Dallas, Texas. It's like, great. The Business of Music Podcast, presented by DeNovo Agency. DeNovoAgency.com. If you are an independent recording artist, we know that you're fed up with unnecessary fees and giving away your royalties to a music distributor. Songflower introduces lifetime distribution, the most artist-friendly way to release music. It's just $10 for a single, $20 for an EP, and $30 for an album to have Songflower distribute your music for life. To all of the streaming platforms that you need to be on, Songflower never charges you any upgrades or hidden fees, and they will never take one penny of your royalties. Check out songflower.com to see why lifetime distribution is the right move for you and your music business. The Business of Music Podcast. So like an example of how to make a brand outside of the music, like Russ made a brand for himself by talking about how he was releasing and making and marketing his music. Like, and now he's making music talking about how he was, (laughs) did what he did. But like, it's not like his songs, whereas like Wiz Khalifa kind of has an overlaying theme every time you kind of know what to expect, but you like it. Russ, it's not like every song is that way. His brand, he kind of made his brand on social media talking about his music in a way. like. At least in the music business, if when you talk about Russ, if people talk about, oh, his release strategy, the way he's independent, this, this, and that. They, at what point are they like, oh, yeah, and by the way, that you know, losing control song is really good too. Like it's like the fifth thing you mentioned, which is a good thing because they're good songs. But like his image, his brand are what he did talking and marketing about his music. Like, you know, so like, your brand can either be made in the music or it can be kind of made 
hey, I have a whole bunch of songs. My brand is I'm me. Look at the way I'm doing my thing. Look at the way I'm presenting my music. That's you can create the brand that way, but like you got to figure out one because if you're not making it with the music and you're not marketing it and creating kind of like a narrative and an image for yourself, and you're just saying, Oh, I'll let the fans decide. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm still stuck up on this whole system thing and how like most artists would never be known if it wasn't for passive listeners on the radio, because I estimate, so I always like to say it's like a product curve, a new product um, invention curve. Like the first 2.5% of people will give a new invention a chance, which is, means a new song as well. will give it a chance. Then there'll be like that 10% of that inner circle, almost what you're talking about. So about 12.5% of people are looking or trying to be like, hey, I found Jack Harlow before he released whoever his last song was. Um, what's popping and the for the record those kinds of people are so annoying (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah bro i could introduce you to seven mixtapes that you don't even know about man because i found it three months before you and i'm the fucking man sweet (laughs) jesus i hate when people do that like it does not make you a a music aficionado because you found this dude three months before anybody else (laughs) like sweet Go be an A and R or something. Like I'm like, all right, that's my tangent because I know so many people <laughs> like that, and they drive me fucking bonkers. It's ridiculous. I could introduce you to six guys you don't even know about, bro. Look, you don't even you think Jack Harlow's dope, dude? You should see these other fucking guys that only I know about. All right, I'll tell you their name, but you I'll wouldn't you, know. I, yeah, you wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. He went to see, a different I tell high school. You, yeah, see, I knew his cousin. His cousin was his engineer's brother's janitor's girlfriend's aunt's mother-in-law. And uh, then, yeah, so that's how I figured out who Jack Harlow was. So, if so facto, I'm the fucking man. <laughs> so, about like, I'd estimate 12.5% of people are looking for that new music, are listening that to chunk. playlists that have unknown music. <laughs> That 12.5% could shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't brag until they find someone that becomes a big listener, later, a big name later on. Like they'll go and do this, like almost on the down low, most of them. There'll be some who are like, hey, I heard this. You should check it out. Like no one knows who this is yet, but it's pretty, the song's good. Um, and then you've got like about 25%, it's early adopters and that those are the people who start to get it on spotify nowadays i could those are the discover weekly release radar people who don't listen to that person or have never heard of that person but they've heard of other people similar that you get that artist base of so i listen to baby i'm in my 20s on the east coast this guy all of his fans also listen to baby um so spotify puts them on release radar or discover weekly for me to hear it but even at that point, only 20% of people even give that person a chance still. So we're looking now, you've got the other seven, about 70, 68.5%, if I did my math right. Now I'm worried that you're on mute. <laughs> Don't ask me about the math. <laughs> um, I think I'd still, 67.5% of other people that won't even listen or care about an up and coming artist until the radio or top 40 or they are everyone else is talking about them and even if they're talking about them they still may not care until it shows up and they hear it and they may have heard it but they have no clue who it is because they don't care they're listening to music because someone's telling them to listen to it mm-hmm. spotify apple music the radio they're just listening that is what they're, they're just okay yep play i'm gonna do my work today and I'm just going to listen to the music that plays. And then later on, someone mentioned, hey, did you hear that new song by Kesha? And they'll go, how's it go? <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> I'm hip to Kesha. Something well, about, about fireworks in the night sky. I, uh... <laughs> fireworks. Can't see fireworks in the daytime. That's... <laughs> um, so think about it this way. Like in, in certain ways, like, like you said, like a new product and new music people like grow and adopt to it in similar ways and think about like if you're our age or younger if you ever met like 
Think about when our, your parents like got an iPhone, like how many of our dads were like, these things look like, oh, how much are they such a weight? Like they're, they wait and they wait and they push it off and they push it off and they, they think it's stupid and everyone who has it is stupid. And then they just all like after so long of everybody having it and everywhere, it's now it's on the mainstream everywhere. And finally they pick it up and say, okay, fine, I'll use this thing. And then they use it and they're like, hey, well, this thing is, uh, this thing's actually pretty nice. Like think of there are so many people who are reluctant to that. I bet there are still dads out there who have their piece of shit Nokia phones. Yeah, right. No, I don't need the fancy one. I'm happy with what I got. And it's like, okay, fine. But people like they probably have the same taste of music. I like Van Halen because I was 22 in 1989. And that's what I like. And I don't care about anything else. And then maybe after the their son or daughter playing an album by, I don't know, the White Stripes 15 times, eventually they're kind of like, actually, who who are these new who are these guys? Like you there are just some people who will never adopt to your music period and there are more people who or as many people who will never hear your music unless it finds them and outside of your promotions like it has to be on the system that they find their music on and they have to be listening passively they can't be skipping songs. They can't be going into the playlist and skip. So it has to almost be tossed in with a bunch of songs they like. Like Van Halen can be playing and then one from the White Stripes and then right back to Van Halen. And before they know it, they go, oh, what was that? Yeah. Right. Was I, that? I didn't mind that. What was that? But what? if they're in the mood of, nope, I want to find something <laughs> I already know I like, they'll just keep yeah. skipping. Uh-huh. And if they don't recognize you, you're gone. So you're not even going to get that do. chance. And That's I do what it all I the do. time too. Yeah. And even on it's my weird. daily mix. Um, mm-hmm. but sometimes I don't, sometimes I will throw on rap caviar if, and I'm just doing work and just playing. And yeah. I may not know I like this song until like three or four times later. I hear it a few days later, it comes up on daily mix because they're like, Hey, you heard this before you liked it. Listen. And right. you go, Oh, I what? did like it. I did like that. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I, I liked, didn't know. I liked uh, that. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Spotify. It? Yeah. Recent, uh, this summer. I forget who it was. There's someone who came up. I was like, I didn't know who this was at all. I like this one song. And I went and looked. I'm like, I like all these songs. I've heard these before. <laughs> I like this I don't, guy. still don't know where I heard them. They just came up eventually. And that is what most people do. We work in music and we are actively listening to music. And we still don't. I didn't know who Jack Harlow was until What's Popping came out. I don't. I bet you there's people on the U.S. top 50 list right now I've never heard of. Even the guy mm-hmm. on my first release radar today. I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, is like there's like an entertainment and there's the music in the industry, of course, that like you one is like one level to be in tune with. And then there's like the behind the scenes and like how to market a product. Like that's where I, that's what I'm in tune with. It doesn't. I don't necessarily need to see the results of these successful marketing campaigns. Like that's what these big artists are. I mean, the, I think what artists often, when they're making a calculation of what they think they need to spend on their music business or what they think they need to do, whatever their formula is on how they think they're going to make it in music, they are whatever estimate, whatever valuation you are putting on your talent, it is too much because so many people in their equation, in their head, they're like, you know what, but I'm really good. I'm good enough. I don't need to do marketing as hard as I think I do because I'm really good. And <laughs> hang on, that was my dog. And yeah, uh, I mean, we always get the, oh no, I just, if you just push me a little bit, you'll see, you'll see, they'll like me. They just need to hear me. It's, it's never the music. It's always the marketing. Um, and yeah, but even thinking about like, there's some huge artists that have never, would never exist if they didn't get signed. Um, you, everyone can probably think of their own different artists that they're a fan of that they only know of who they are because they were signed. And there could be the best ever, but it's only because they were signed that you know they exist. And the talent got them to get signed. The marketing got them known. And I think that's a big difference. 
That is a, there is a big difference of course. And like now put yourselves in the position of the label in that situation, situation, right? If this band or this group or this artist has already successfully been marketing themselves a bit and the record label sees, Hmm, I, I could polish this and put a lot more money behind it and give them a lot larger of a platform. And I think it would work. That's what they're looking for. The days of them finding raw talent and being like, you know what? I'm going to spend a a long time crafting this guy, developing an artist. Those days are over. And I'll tell you why, because it's so, there are so many tools out there and it's so easy to work on these things on your own. Why would a record label spend that time there are 40,000 songs uploaded on Spotify every day. Think of all the musicians out there. So talent is a dime a dozen. It's everywhere. So if a record label sees, hmm, you know, this guy is a seven out of 10 talent. This other guy's a seven and a half out of 10 talent. But the guy who's a seven has a lot of marketing experience. I've seen what he's done. He's already created a little image for himself. He's got an idea. He's got a following. Boom, done. All we need to do is put more money behind it. And that's going to go way further than the guy who's an eight out of 10 with no marketing, no idea what he's doing. The word you just said that I was going to talk about was image. Image matters more nowadays than anything else. Do you have an image they can market, promote, brand, and push? They're not going to cultivate your talent. They don't, they're not going to, they're not going to go find you and be like, Elliot, you've got the best voice ever. I heard you sing the national anthem at that minor league baseball game last weekend. I can make you amazing. No, they're going to look at Elliot and go, can we market Elliot's image? Look at Elliot. Look what he has done with his music. Look at what he has for a following already. Can we market that image? And it's largely think about, they will cultivate an image more than they'll cultivate a talent. Think about stand-up comedy. There's so many ghostwriters in comedy, even music now there's so many ghostwriters that it doesn't matter if you're good at writing your own jokes what matters is can you deliver them and do you look good on stage are you doing yeah, it yeah. in a good you have the mannerism you're confident you can someone else will write the jokes they'll guide you they'll sign you kevin hart has like 15 people underneath them you see them on netflix all the time now no. and they're well, not on netflix because of their own jokes most likely they could have gotten some attention but yeah. a lot of it is they can tell a story walk a stage and perform well, and that's a good example of like, once you get, so Kevin Hart didn't have that at the beginning, but once you get, so where the writers, where all these things, these tools and resources from a big label come in is when they're like, wait a minute, he's already got here. Okay. Now it's time. Now let's bring in 11 writers in a room for Beyonce. Her lemonade album had 11 songs on it and there were 55 credited writers. So that's not how she started. But when you get to that point and you're like, okay, wait a minute, this is a Beyonce is a huge business. So let's get a bunch of really talented people in a room so we can make the next product that this huge business is going to sell. Yeah, you get to that point. Once Kevin Hart is growing and growing, now he has a platform in place where he, his business has grown to the point where he needs that many writers. But I think a lot of artists think that, well, I'm this talented. I should have 11 fucking writers on staff and I should have these. I should because I'm this talented. Like, it doesn't matter how talented you are. It matters how what level your business is at. Yeah, if you. Um, Lil Yachty is an example I'm going to use here. <laughs> Lil Yachty, uh, Oprah's bank account. That song came out a few months ago now, uh, this past summer. and. This is what labels do. Labels will have a song. They see it's going to be a hit and they send out requests from like five or six artists and go make a feature for this song so we can make a remix and send it out. They get five or six and they listen and go, okay, this, these are all good. Um, now, what ones fit? What ones not, even, not fit the song, but fit what we're trying to do? They were trying to get Lil Yachty big. So they used Drake and DaBaby, I believe. On, yep, Lil Yachty, Drake, DaBaby on Oprah's bank account remix. Lil Yachty's talked about it. He has an interview talking about it. He sat down with his label and went, no, we should use these two people because they have the biggest reach. They will help Lil Yachty become more known, not because their verses were better. They literally went, nope, 
DaBaby and Drake, because who else is bigger than those two names right now? I think he had a verse he had said from Megan Thee Stallion. I think he said Cardi B. And then there's two others. And he mentioned them all. He goes, they were great. I'm not, I did not pick these features because of the actual talent. I picked them because of who they are and what they brought to me. And that's kind of what labels are doing with artists nowadays. If they're going to cultivate you, it's because of who you are and what you're bringing to them, not your talent. And they're only going to cultivate you if you've done enough to cultivate your own shit. They're not going to say, hmm, look at this. We could mold this person into whatever we want. They don't do that. We've talked about this before. Business, record labels and big investors in a business or an artist, they are not in the business of creating an image and cultivating raw talent into something. They are in the business of see, taking something that is already there, not your talent, a business that has a product with an image and marketing and a, and a direction, and they take that something and they multiply it by 10 or 100. They're not in the business of helping you create the something that then is multiplied. You have to create the something, and the something is not your talent. I don't, if, even if you are amazingly talented, you still need to do the things in place to build a network to meet the people who can acknowledge that you're super talented and do something about it. But just sitting, you might be the one out of a million of, oh, yeah, somebody got, they found me on TikTok or whatever. But they didn't just upload one TikTok and that was it. They still did some sort of legwork. And it's more than just, well, I'm very talented. Come to me. Yep. Now, to wrap this up and circle back, I have another question that was brought by email right before we got on. I haven't even answered it yet, but. I'm going to bring, give uh, it back, give it the old reach around. <laughs> what we're going to talk about right now. Um, a marketing plan is not playlisting. We say it a lot. A marketing plan is not playlisting. You cannot just playlist and think that you will make it big. Playlisting has a big factor on it. And that's why labels do it. And everyone does it because we, we've been talking this whole time about the algorithm and how it matters. Getting on the algorithm matters. And you want to speed that up because like the baby, he's a week behind now because he didn't prep it the right way to speed it up. Or maybe he did. He's doing something that we don't know about, but on the face, he is a week behind. So they're going to playlist and probably pick a song and really push that one song to get that song going because that is how you fuel Spotify. Someone talked to us and they go, should I spend all of my money on playlisting or on ads? Is pretty much what the email asks. Why, like, and we've been talking this whole time, passive listeners, playlisting, ads. We kind of talked about, we haven't really talked about ads today, but we talk about ads all the time and about how you just kind of need to do them. You have to be seen. Um, but again, I would also say that advertising, just running Facebook, Instagram ads is not a marketing plan either. What do you think? They're all separate ingredients to a marketing recipe. It's the best way to put it. And it's like a nice plate of spaghetti and meatballs. And you got to have the right sauce. You got to have the right meatballs. You got to have the things that go in the meatballs. You got to have the things that go in the sauce. If your only ingredient is pasta, I'd probably still eat it, but <laughs> it's not as good. You know, you need all the ingredients. Um, independent artists, I think are weary to try out all these things because they're like, well, I'm not, it's not going to be a hundred percent effective. I'm like, well, one, it's never going to be a hundred percent effective, but two, it's never going to be if you don't try as a when you're getting started, now is the time to start testing the waters, start tweaking your recipe. How much playlisting do I need to do to see a return? How much video promotion do I need to do? How many videos do I need to make? What kinds of videos do I need to make? Do I need to make well professional music videos or do I need to make a bunch of Zoom videos like this for Instagram? How many songs do I need to put out? 
How many, what do my album cover? Like, this is all a system. It's all a recipe. And now is the time to kind of start tweaking. I think a lot of people, they think that more people are watching them than there are. And they, they're weary of making mistakes or trying new things. I'm telling you right now, nobody gives a shit. And now's the time to start. If you're going to make mistakes, do it when there's barely anybody watching you. Because if you start getting going one path and you're like, wait a minute, I want to try something new suddenly. Like now it's, you know, it's a lot harder. So now is the time. Like, of course, no, a hundred percent playlisting, not a marketing plan. A hundred percent running an ad or two on Facebook, not a marketing plan. A hundred percent just posting Instagram content. Even if you get a lot of engagement, not a marketing plan. No plan has one step, one thing. It's not a plan. <laughs> That's a task. I got to set my Instagram ad is not a marketing plan. <laughs> and yeah, I, so people also forget that different routes of advertising have different performances. Playlisting is advertising. Blogs are advertising. Mar- uh, ads on Instagram are advertising. These are all ways to advertise your product. Your marketing plan is going to be depending on what your product is, your advertising, what are you trying to do with it? So my, an example here is if you go 100% on ads, you're going to see a low return on your investment. Less people will listen. You'll eventually get listens and your save chances increase. Because if you've convinced them to click on your ad and listen to the song, they probably will like it more. Because you've gotten them pretty far. They're, they're entrenched. They found you. They think you, they're that 12.5% that's going to go brag to Elliot about knowing you when you get big. But if you don't do anything but ads, it's going to cost you a lot of money to even get Spotify to recognize who likes your music. Like a lot of money because it takes data and listenings and streams. You're not going to get on Spotify algorithm at 10,000 streams, most likely. You'll be lucky if you get there by 100,000 streams because each stream has different data coming with it. What did they listen to before? What did they listen to after? How long did they listen? Where did they come from? Who else are they listening to when they wake up? When did they listen to this? Did they look at an image on Facebook and then go, I'm going to listen to music on Spotify? I'm sad. They're looking at everything. So if you're just relying on ads, your data is going to come from Instagram. It's going to come after they looked at their Instagram, stopped you in your ad, maybe read it, maybe clicked on it by accident. If you clicked on it by accident, now you have to hope that they're in the mood to listen to music. So this is why even playlisting, you're on playlist, great. Now, playlisting is for passive listeners. We say this all the time. So the goal with playlisting is get in their ear and let them hear you many times and save it. Eventually, maybe. Maybe they'll listen to it once and like it. Maybe they'll listen to it once and never listen again because they're just going to skip over you because they did not like it. Every form of advertising has its advantages and disadvantages. And that's why you can't rely on one because if you rely on one, it will never work. Your brand will never be at peak because you're never advertising to everyone in different ways. To be sh- the biggest thing you have to be sure of is you're in front of people no matter where they are. That's true as a business, and that's true as what you're doing in music. Businesses are a little bit easier sometimes. If you're running a pizza shop, you're not going to advertise outside of your city, for example. And it's very easy. You want to target your city every way you can, though. Just because you know you're targeting your city doesn't mean you're only going to do flyers. You also are going to run ads. You're also going to buy ad space online. You're going to buy billboards. You're going to do different forms of advertising. You're not just going to hand out flyers. Yeah. And one thing I'm seeing that's right. You can't just do one thing. And one thing I think we're seeing is uh, the, the comparing running ads on social media to doing a playlist. And they're saying, well, okay, well, if I run ads, my save rate is higher. Like, well, of course, because you've already convinced them to click an ad and check you out. They're already interested. So the people who end up checking you out are more likely to save. But how many, if you hit an an Instagram ad for what, 500 bucks 
for a month, call it, you get in front of a hundred thousand people. If 10,000 clicks, that would be a lot. Call it 15,000. That would be a lot. Now, if a hundred percent of those people who clicked list, then listened to your song for more than 30 seconds, you'd get 15,000 streams in a bit of information. Perhaps the saves would be higher because the people who ended up listening to it were intrigued by your ad. There's a lot that goes into that, making a good ad, having good content, writing good copy, getting them to click three different things to leave Instagram to then get to your Spotify and click play, listen to 30 seconds and save it. That's a lot of asks for someone who's never heard of you before. Playlists put you in front of listeners passively. And the people who like it listening in their car say, I like that song, save. Or, and the thing is, is at the beginning, it's not about finding the, the needle in the haystack fans. It's about getting that information. If you can get in front of 50,000 people on Instagram, if an X amount click it and are then brought to Spotify, sweet. Now, you're, now the Spotify algorithm is getting a little bit of information out of the 10% of people who maybe clicked your ad. Whereas immediately, if it's in a playlist, the information about who maybe doesn't like your song is also as valuable as who does. And immediately, people are giving Spotify that data. And immediately, the ones who happen to listen to 30 seconds, even passively, you now get paid royalties for it. We're on Instagram. You don't. They could sit and listen to a 10-minute advertisement, a video you made. They watch every second. You get nothing out of it unless they click and then stream. So it's a long way of saying you shouldn't do 100% on one or the other. But of course, the save rate on an ad campaign would be higher because if the people who happen to click and listen, you've already convinced them to do so. Playlisting, you want the song to convince them to save. Hey, they found it passively when they're in new music mode. When they're seeing an ad, they're 100% of the time not in new music mode because they're not on an app to find new music. Your app, your promotion, your uh, ad has to convince them to go into new music mode and check you out. So long story short, they should both be uh, parts of your recipe. Shouldn't be 100% playlisting, shouldn't be 100% on ads. And you 100% shouldn't be running ads. You shouldn't be running ads to figure out where you should be running ads. Does that make sense? You shouldn't be saying, well, let's target the United States for a month and let's put $500 in and see where our pockets are. You don't want to be doing, you don't want to run ads that way. You want to have data to point the ads to and eliminate guesswork. Playlists are a great way to get paid directly, immediately right away from royalties, even though it's almost nothing. And two, accumulate a bunch of actual data of actual listeners of the ones who do listen, the ones who do save, the ones who do listen to 30 seconds and like your stuff. If you could start to see, hey, these five or six cities are where this data seems to be popping up. It's mostly guys in their 20s or whatever. Okay, now let's run an ad at these little pockets of data that I've already figured out. Boom. That's how they work together. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, so, uh, and I mean, I feel like a broken record at times. I feel like we say this all the time, but I don't know if we had said it on a podcast. So it's say it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's our job, right? Repeat ourselves 15 <laughs> times a week. <laughs> More than that. <laughs> Well, I think, right. um, listen next week and have <laughs> us repeat ourselves again on the next episode <laughs> of the business of music podcast. <laughs> That's why I was happy about bringing in something new. So at least when we repeat ourselves, we have a new example, <laughs> a new example. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. But for real, subscribe to our YouTube channel, <laughs> check out the podcast. And we're already listening this far. <laughs> then check out the video of the podcast on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, follow us on Instagram and, uh, you know, send us your questions to our, uh, contact at denovoagency.com email address so that we can answer some more of your questions on next week's version of the business of music podcast. The Business of Music Podcast, presented by DeNovo Agency. DeNovoAgency.com.
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Business of Music podcast. We love to hear feedback. Shoot us an email to contact at denovoagency.com so we can answer your questions on the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to learn even more and check out denovoagency.com to see how we can help you grow your music business. Until next time, this has been the Business of Music podcast. 